بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا تھرٹی فسٹ آف ڈسمبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ ٹوئنٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو آن And I've reached verse 104. So inshallah today, going through up to and including verse 111. So verse 104. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The fire will burn their faces and they will therein grin with their lips displaced. So there's a hadith. The hadith is in Tirmidhi, number 2596 and 3182, Hassan Sahih Gharib. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 11836. Hakim in his Mustadrak, 2-395, Sahih. Mishkat and Al-Bidaya. So our beloved Messenger, he recited this verse. So he himself recited this verse. Then he said, The fire will roast the dweller of hell so that his upper lip will swell and it will f- reach the middle of his head and his lower lip will hang down till it strikes his navel so here in this authentic report Rasulullah himself is explaining this verse so what does the Quran say so Allah the Almighty and Lord here says the fire will burn their faces and they will grin because they will grin with their lips displaced. So, obvious thing goes to the mind. Why would a person who's being punished be grinning? So, Rasulullah explains that the upper lip because of the, the roasting, it will swell. And Notice when a person struck, his lips swell. But the fire will strike and it will, it will rise up to half of the head. So it's very important to point out that the person in hell, he metamorphosizes. It's not like he's now. An unbeliever, the Prophet said, one of his tooth will be like Man Uhud. So obviously the skull is going to be something huge. And despite that, the upper lip will rise up to half the head. So when the upper lip rises, the front teeth will show. The lower lip will go down to the navel. So if the upper lip goes up and the lower lip goes down, the teeth are laid bare. So it, it will look like they're grinning. So the Quran is saying they will grin. But that is actually a punishment which Rasulullah explains. And also... If you look at the word Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses, he says, So, Qalihun, Shaykh Maududi rahmatullah he explained in his tafsir on this verse. He goes, the word Qalih means a face whose skin has been removed so as to expose the jaws. When somebody asked Abdullah ibn Mas'ud the meaning of Qalih, he said, haven't you seen the scorched head of a slaughtered animal? <laughs> Astaghfirullah. 
So, Sheikh Maududi, Rahmatullah, he's explaining that if you get an, the skin removed from the head, yeah. you know, you see this, Audhi Billah, when they do the autopsy sometimes, he goes, that is Qalih. And Ibn Masood was asked, and he said, haven't you seen an animal's head that's been scorched by the desert heat and there's nothing left of the skin? Because that's Qalih. So Allah Ta'ala uses that word here. He goes, their faces will burn with the fire and they will grin. Qalihun, meaning it's been exposed. The skin has been removed. And also, there's a report in Sifat al-Safwa 1-375. Safwan ibn Sulaim rahmatullah he said, One night after I performed the Isha prayer, Sayyidina Tamim al-Dari, he stood all night praying in the masjid. He came across the verse, and this verse, so Tamim al-Dari is praying tahajjud all night. He comes across this verse, 104, and he did not move on to the next verse until he heard the azan for fajr. So how were the sahaba moved by this verse? They were so fearful, they couldn't move on. So Tamim al-Dari was offering tahajjud, he read this verse, and he just got lost in this verse. Because the fire will burn their faces and they will their ingrin with their lips displaced. He couldn't move on. So now why are the Sahaba so fearful? The ones who should be fearful are us. Because they obviously were emulating, you know, our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So not they're contemplating upon these realities which Allah is mentioning in His holy book. Verse 105. Were not my signs rehearsed to you, and you did but treat them as falsehoods? So now this gives us comfort. Why? Because it indicates that this is referring to the unbelievers. So obviously you get Muslims sadly in the fire. But if you look at the sequence here, Allah Ta'ala is clearly talking about unbelievers. So maybe the punishment which has been referred to in the previous verse is for the unbelievers. But that doesn't really mean, you know, we should breathe a sigh of relief because no matter what's happening in hell, you know, the punishment is beyond comprehension. Verse 106. Now, what's interesting, before going to these verses, these are du'as in the Qur'an. But these du'as are of the people of hell. So, when people start saying, Rabbana, there's Rabbanas in the Qur'an. For <laughs> example, reading all the Rabbanas, say, oh, I'm gone. You're reading all the Rabbanas? And he goes, what's going on? He goes, two Rabbanas are from the people of hell. So these du'as are from the people of hell. Verse 106, they will say, O our Lord, misfortune overwhelmed us and we became a people astray. Verse 107, O our Lord, bring us out of this. If ever we return, then shall we be amongst the oppressors. So there's a report here. So this hadith is recorded in Tabarani, Ibn Abi Hatim, Hanat, Ibn al-Sibri in his Zuhd, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Talheem 6-265. Abdullah Ibn Amr, radiyallahu The people of hell will call on Malik, alayhi salatu wasalam, for 40 years. And he will not answer them. Then he will respond and tell them, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
you will abide here. Their cries will mean nothing to Malik or to the Lord of Malik. So stop in the report. So the people are in hell. And they will be first calling upon Malik, who's Malik. Malik is the guardian, the Amir of the hellfire. There's 19, he's the Amir. And they will be crying to him. And he, the report says, for 40 years he doesn't answer them. So you've got to reflect upon that. If somebody is being tortured and a person who's observing is not responding, is that normal? So let's put it bluntly. If you see a person being blow-torched and you're observing it and he's crying for mercy, what's the normal response? You know, you're going to feel pity. You're going to say, oh, stop. 40 years, not bothered. After 40 years, he will say, Stop talking to me. Because you're going to stay here. Then the then the hadith says, Then they will call on their Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they will say, and then he recited these two verses. So they made these two du'as. What du'as do they make? Our Lord, misfortune overwhelmed us. We were a people astray. Our Lord, bring us out of here. If we return, we shall be wrongdoers. So they made two du'as. Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He will not answer them for a time period twice the duration of the world. He will not answer them, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for twice the duration of the world. So stop with the report. We don't know how the all the world is. But if you go by the estimates of the non-Muslims, billions of years. So let's take their word for it. We don't know whether it's right. Let's say it's 2 billion years old. Okay, 2 billion. So this means they're going to be crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 4 billion years making that dua. So think about it. But a person goes, oh, I can't make dua. You know, I just can't. I have got time. You say, oh, you know the unbelievers. They're better than you. He goes, what do you mean they're better than me? He goes, 4 billion years. They're going to be making dua. He goes, wait, does he say that? He goes, Quran. He goes, Quran. What dua do they make? And then you mention these reports. He goes, where does 4 billion? And then you mention the report. Then the hadith continues. Allah the Almighty will finally reply. Then he recited verse 108. Be you driven further into it. Do you not dare speak to me? So Allah's response, he goes, go further into hell. Don't you dare speak to me. Then Ibn Amr said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people will then not utter a single word after this. And they will merely be in the fire of hell, sighing in a high and then a low tone. Their voices are likened to those of donkeys, which start with a high bray, and end in a low bray. Astaghfirullah. So that's the last thing they will say. Allah, the last turn them. And then he goes, they'll just be like breathing. High, you know, high grief, low grief. Because that was, that's all that's left uh, in the fire. So look at the frightening clarification of these verses. In verse 104, Allah mentions one of their punishments. They'll grin, forcing you to think. Then now he's talking about their du'as. Now what's, 
interesting. If you look at the Quran, and then you look at the oppression they're doing in the world, you're not really bothered about the oppression. So <laughs> was waiting for them. <coughs> in fact, you'll have pity for them. So look how strange here on the earth. Ya Allah, where are you? Why you take them out, saw them out? You know, what's going on? And we're that weak. If we were in charge, imagine after a few, maybe seconds in a hello, a few minutes, that's enough. So Lord, Allah Ta'ala, his reaction is not like our reaction. Everything about him is unique. That's why he's Ahad, the unique. But there's another report which adds details. So in Ma'rif of Quran, volume 6, page 338, Mufti Shafi, he said, he decided the verse, do not dare speak to me. Then he said, according to Hassan al-Basri, these will be the last words the people who are in hell will speak. And in reply, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Wala Do not speak to me. After this, they will not be able to speak like human beings, but will make animal sounds to each other. So stop in the quote. So the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says to them after four billion years using their calculations, don't you dare speak to me. It literally means they'll lose the speech. They won't be able to speak. They'll now like animals. Then Mufti Shafi quoted Imam Behaki and others, Rahimahumullah, they quoted Muhammad ibn Qa'aba saying that the Quran mentions five requests made by the people condemned to hell. So there's five places in the Quran that the people of hell speak. And they're making ad, they're making request. Out of the five, four are replied to. But in reply to the fifth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wala Do not dare speak to me. Those, these are the last words to be uttered by them, after which they will not be able to speak. This is also in Tafsir Mazhari. So this is the last thing they ask. And Allah Ta'ala then punishes them further. He goes, don't you dare speak. They can't speak. They've lost their speech. They're now like animals in terms of speech. But there's more details. What actually happens to them? There's a report. So this narration. Is in Ibn Abidunya. In his Sifatul Nar. A description of hell. And it's also recorded in Ad-Dur al-Mantur 5-17. Sayyidina Hudayfa, who was the keeper of secrets, he relates, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he once told me a secret. He said, Ya Hudayfa, when Allah the Almighty and Glorious says to the people of hell, and he recited this verse, verse 108, Slink you into it. Do not dare speak to me. The Prophet explained. Their faces will become pieces of flesh without mouth and nostrils. Astaghfirullah. So when Allah tells them, stop speaking, they lose their mouth. Skin covers it. 
and they lose their nostrils, skin covers it. Then the Prophet said, their breath will now be within their bodies, pulsating. Snakes of fire, scorpions of fire will be cast on them. So stop the report. So they're literally suffocating. They can't breathe. That's another punishment forever. Forever. Then not snakes, snakes of fire. <laughs> What's a snake of fire, scorpion of fire will be cast on them. If one of these snakes were to breathe in the east, those in the west would be incinerated. And if a scorpion were to sting, the earthlings, all of them, would be incinerated. So how poisonous are these snakes of fire, these scorpions of fire? One breath of venom from the snake in the east would burn the people in the west. One sting would burn a person, incinerate the people from the scorpions. Then the Prophet said, these snakes and scorpions will penetrate between the flesh and hide. Such a shriek will be heard as is heard from wild animals in a dense cluster of trees. So you, you've heard the jungles. You know, you hear all these like screams in the jungle. You know, it's like animals. What the heck is going on in there? He goes, that is the shrieks that will be heard from the punishment which has been afflicted upon the residents of hell. Now, what's interesting about this report? Hudayfa God, this is a secret. The Prophet told me this secret. So if it was a secret, why did he share it with us? So the way to respond to that is, it was a secret until the Prophet left the world. So now look at the horrific image again. They've made these du'as for 4 billion years. What's the result of those du'as? Further punishment. Don't you dare speak to me. Immediately, they can't believe now. Then, further punishment. Snakes and scorpions of fire are released upon them. And that is the last time they speak. So if a person says, what are the last words the unbelievers say in the fire? Look how interesting. Even though they're in the fire forever, you can actually answer that. Because what are the last words the unbelievers will say in the fire? You say, their last words will be a two du'as. Look how you know, tragic that is. Two du'as, that's the last word. Allah Ta'ala quotes it in the Quran. What's the divine response? So what's interesting? Where are these verses found? In the Surah entitled The Believers. So who's Allah comforting there? The oppressed Muslims. Right? No, subhanAllah. Verse 109. A part of my servants there were who used to supplicate, O our Lord, we believe. Then do you have forgiveness upon us and have mercy upon us? For you are the best of those who show mercy. Look how beautiful. Allah Ta'ala continues by saying, they were true servants of mine. They would make du'a. And he quotes their du'a. This is our du'a. Rabbana amanna faghfil lana warhamna wa anta khayrul rahimin. 
Oh, our Lord, we believe. Forgive us. Have mercy upon us, for you are the best of those who show mercy. So Allah Ta'ala gives us that dua. Verse 110. But you treated them with ridicule. So much so that the ridicule of them made you forget my message whilst you were laughing at them. Subhanallah. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. He's talking to the unbelievers. He goes, you mocked the believers. And then that mocking that you did caused you to forget my message and you was laughing at them. So this is very interesting. Literally, if you take the verse, they made you forget my message. So who's made them forget the message? The unbelievers, the Muslims. Allah Ta'ala is saying it was the believers who made you forget the message. The ungodly were so occupied ridiculing the godly that the godly themselves became the unconscious cause of the ungodly forgetting the warnings declared by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against those who do not treat his signs seriously. Thus evil often brings about its own ruin through the instrumentality of those whom it would make its victims. Look how amazing this is if you think about this. So, in the age we're living in, who's oppressing the Muslims? The Zionists. Read the Quran, you fruitcakes. Everybody's jumping up and down, right? He goes, oh, what are they doing? And you actually see it. They're actually in the in the elevated places seeing the bombs drop in Gaza. And they're celebrating. So a person's heart goes, Toba, what's happening? Then he says, oh, don't worry. Verse 110, Surah Mu'minun. The guy looks at you, he goes, what are you talking about? You don't study the Quran, you're just watching CNN. Allah is telling you, when you treated them with mockery, so much so, the mockery of them made you forget my message. My message was you were laughing at them. Look at how beautiful that is. Allah Ta'ala goes, you're laughing, you're mocking the believers. That is your instrument of your destruction. You're laughing at your own destruction, your fruitcakes. How comforting is that? But people aren't reading the Quran, not bothered. What does Shaykh have to tell us, right? Not bothered, right? What does the Quran tell you? Verse 111. I have rewarded them this day for their patience and constancy. They are indeed the ones who have achieved bliss. Look how beautiful. Because 75 years the zulm has been taking place. What does Allah Ta'ala say? First of all, you stupid Muslim, right? Look at the Quran. I have rewarded them for what? For their salat. I have rewarded them for their days of their patience. You know, don't worry. It's just days counting by. They are indeed the ones who have achieved bliss. Now, there's something also very frightening to point out. So in Surah 14, verse 42, in Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 42. So this is the translation of the verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
does not heed the deeds of those who oppress. He but gives them respite against the day when the eyes will fixedly stare in horror. So even without commentary, what is Allah Ta'ala telling us? Don't you dare think for a moment that I am not aware of the oppressors. <laughs> but guess what? People blurt it out. Where's Allah? 75 years he's ignored us. <laughs> right? And then you say, think not that Allah Ta'ala does not heed the deeds of the oppressors. He gives them time against the day when the eyes will fix in horror. So this is the verse. Now what's shocking? There's a report. Hafiz Abu Mu'ayyad al-Makki, who died 568 AH, about 900 years ago, in his Manaqib al-Imam al-Akram Abu Hanifa, page 12, he states, Ibrahim al-Basri, rahmatullahi he relates, I was offering Fajr with Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullahi when he recited this verse, Surah 14, verse 42, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ اللَّهَ غَافِلًا عَمَّا يَعْمَلُ الظَّالِمُونَ Think not that Allah Ta'ala does not heed the deeds of the oppressors. Imam Abu Hanifa then burst into tears and his whole body started shaking with sobbing. So now a person goes, I'm confused. That verse fits like a glove on the hand with regards to the unbelievers who oppress the believers. 100%. So why is Imam Abu Hanifa weeping over this verse? Because the verse does not just refer to the unbelievers. Allah Ta'ala goes, do you think that I'm unaware of the oppressors? You can oppress yourself by committing sins. Do you think I'm not aware? So Imam Abu Hanifa, the great Imam, Rahmatullah he just burst into tears. So let me ask you a question. What sins was he committing? <laughs> Think about that. You know, the ones who should be weeping over that verse is us. And yeah, the giants are weeping. We're not even moved. So note, they took the Quran extremely seriously. It meant everything to them. And also, in Surah 39, verse 47. In Surah 39, verse 47, Surah Zumr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there even if the wrongdoers had all that there is on earth and as much more they would offer it in ransom from the pain of the penalty on the day of judgment but then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say وَبَدَا لَهُمْ مِّنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يَكُونُوا يَحْتَسِبُونَ but something will confront them from Allah which they could never have counted upon so this is fascinating. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Something's going to come appear before you which you was not expecting. So what does that mean? So again in Ma'rifal Quran, volume 7, page 571 of the English translation, Mufti Shafi rahmatullah he said, and he recited this portion of verse 47, and they will appear to them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what they never imagined. Then he said, the famous Tabi'i, Sufyan al-Thawri, rahmatullahi, recited this verse. And he said, Ruined are those who did good deeds only to pretend their piety before people. 
He said this twice. This verse is about them. They did good deeds in their mortal life to impress people who took them to be good people. So stop in the court. So Sufyan authority said this verse, Surah 39, verse 47, where Allah Ta'ala says they're going to see something which they never expected. It's talking about the people of Riyadh. He okay, that makes sense. But then he said something shocking. He then said, even they themselves used to deceive themselves by thinking that these deeds will become a source of salvation for them in the hereafter. But as these were never performed with unalloyed sincerity, they deserve no reward in the sight of Allah. So once they are in the life after death, the punishment comes upon them suddenly against their expectation. This is also being good to be in tafsir. So how hidden is the riyah? You deceive yourself. <laughs> so you're convinced that's going to save me. That is only for Allah. So Fiyana Thori says, no, it wasn't. You deceive yourself. So what are you expecting? This is what the verse is telling you. Something's going to come to you that you never expected. It's talking about the deepest seated riyah where you've even bamboozled yourself. Allah Ta'ala goes, sorry. This is what you got rather. And punishment comes. So now what's shocking about that? Go back to the verse. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says that the unbelievers, their mocking the believers has caused them to forget and that is the instrument of their punishment. But with regards to the believers, what is the instrument of our punishment? Riyah. And Sufyan al says, it's not just what you think is real, it might even fool you. So going back to Imam Abu Hanifa, that's probably why he wept. That's probably why he wept. He goes, Allah Ta'ala goes, do you think that I'm unaware of the oppression? Imam Abu Hanifa is a believer. What was he weeping over? He's thinking, Ya Allah, I might be committing Riyadh. I'm not even aware of it. Please protect me from this. Save me from this. And yet, how often do people even talk about that subject? Right? And how often do people even point that out? You can even fool yourself. In fact, there is a hadith, but this is a lighter type of Riyadh. The Prophet said in Bazaar that on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will take the accounts of the angels and he will take out like we'd say your know, pages mm -hmm. these are your accounts the angels will give it and Allah Ta'ala starts ripping out pages mm -hmm. so the angels alayhi salatu wasalam they say Ya Allah we, we recorded it <laughs> in other words they're thinking that they haven't fulfilled the job given to them Allah Ta'ala goes yes you recorded it but you were not aware that this these deeds weren't for me so even you can fool the recording angels. Imagine you're doing a tajid. And you're thinking, MashaAllah, angels writing on tajid. And guess what? Yes, you could be lighting it. But it's still not safe. Why? Because on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala goes, Oh, they fooled you as well. This wasn't for me. So you can fool the recording angels. You can fool yourself. Meaning, you have to critically focus upon your deeds. 
protect them you know, with their life. And even then, at the end of all of your efforts, you humbly still supplicate. Ya Allah, please accept it. Why do you think, to finish, two of the great messengers, Ibrahim and Ismail they were told by Allah the Almighty and Glorious, raise the Kaaba. So who's given them the command? Two messengers, no prophets, messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they've, you know, very, you know, in an amazing manner, complete purity, ma'asum, raised the Kaaba, built it. Jibreel comes to help as well, alayhi salatu wasalam. After they've done, and we know there could be no riyah because they're messengers. What dua do they make? <laughs> رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُنَ عَلِيمُ Oh, our Lord, accept this from us. For truly you are the head of the know. Why have they made that dua? So a person goes, oh, mashallah, humility. Is it? And then one of the salaf wept. He goes, the khalil and the messengers, you've obeyed your Lord and you're still asking for acceptance. So there's a deep lesson there, right? The prophets and messengers are teaching us that whenever you do any deed, don't be amazed by it. Say, Ya Allah, please, and that dua is so critical, which people just flippantly say, Rabbana taqabbal minna inna brother. You know what you just asked for there? I've, accept, I've asked for the acceptance of my deeds. Yes. You know how powerful that is. And you have to explain. So not again here. Allah Ta'ala is talking about the unbelievers saying what a wretched state they're going to be in, but he's also subtly warning the believers. So I'll recite the verse, and we will conclude. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Talfahu wujuhahumun naru wahum fiha kalihun. أَلَمْ تَكُنْ آيَاتِي تُطْلَ عَلِيكُمْ فَكُنْتُمْ بِهَا تُكَذِّبُونَ قَالُوا رَبَّنَا غَلَبَتْ عَلِيْنَا شِقْوَتُنَا وَكُنَّا قَوْمًا ضَالِّينَ رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا مِنْهَا فَإِنْ عُدْنَا فَإِنَّا ظَالِمُونَ قَالَ اخْسَأُوا فِيهَا وَلَا تُقَلِّمُونَ إِنَّهُ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِي يَقُولُونَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا فَاغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّاحِمِينَ فَاتَّخَذْتُمُوهُمْ سِخْرِيًّا حَتَّى أَنْسَوْكُمْ ذِكْرِي وَكُنْتُمْ مِنْهَا تَدْحَكُونَ إِنِّي جَزَيْتُهُمُ الْيَوْمَ بِمَا صَبَرُوحُ أَنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He makes the Quran the be of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives the tawfiq to act upon what is being said. Subhanallah bihamdi subhanahu bihamdika shalullah ilahi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka fikullahi minu shalallahim subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun wa salamu alayhi wa salim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahi rahmanirrahim wal asr in the sound of the fi ghusr ladina amilu wa amilu as-salihan wa lawasim al-haq wa lawasim al-sabr